Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening into our live broadcast. I'm Jason DeMars, and I will be speaking today on marriage and parenting tips, part 12, looking at resolving conflict. And just remind everyone, you can contact me with prayer requests, testimonies, or questions at jasondemars.com. And you also can go to jasondemars.com. We have free books available for free shipping as well. We ship around the world and as, as the Lord provides for us. So um, you can do that there. You can also see my, uh, read my testimony there on the website and learn more about the missions work that we're doing in the Middle East. Um, just a reminder, Make sure to, if you're listening in on YouTube, make sure to like this video, comment on it, uh, and subscribe. Click the little uh, bell button in order to get notifications when I go live or upload a new video. And if you're on YouTube, please, or if you're on Facebook, please uh, like our page, share this video, like the video, please comment if you're listening in. Please let us know you're, you are listening in um, by putting a comment, sending your greetings to us. Uh, we have three people that have uh, commented already. Uh, Brother Kenny and Sister Janelle um, listening in. I, uh, I can't remember what uh, island, but I believe in the, in the Caribbean. Um, Brother Tony listening in from Maine and I believe this is uh, Sister Rebecca she says praise the Lord uh, let us know where you're listening in Rebecca all right let's look at resolving conflict in marriage resolution of conflict requires that a couple lovingly confronts one another and is willing to seek and grant forgiveness. Resolving conflict. It's, conflict is common to all marriages. Conflict, Brother John from Arizona, God bless you, thank you for listening in. You're up very early in Pacific time, so Lord bless you, brother. Conflict is common to all marriages. Uh, Conflict in marriage doesn't mean there's something wrong. It just means there's something that needs to be dealt with. Therefore, the goal of marriage is not to be conflict-free, but to handle conflict correctly, scripturally, in a godly way when it does occur. All, all marriages suffer from various degrees of pain and anger brought on by a spouse's offense. Therefore, the first key to resolving conflict is understanding the anatomy of anger. The choices you make during a conflict will either drive you apart or bind you together. Therefore, the second key to resolving conflict is learning how to lovingly confront your spouse. When we fail to deal properly with conflict in our marriage, we move towards isolation. 
Therefore, the third key to resolving conflict requires that we learn how to seek and how to grant forgiveness. Resolving conflict requires understanding the anatomy of anger. When we're hurt by our spouse, our natural tendency is to respond in one of two ways. Stuff it, that is, we reject them and withdraw emotionally from them. Two, by blowing it, that is, blowing our tops with anger, aggression, and hostility. For many people, anger is the most common response when conflict occurs. But James 1.19 says, Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So why do we show anger? Our rights have been violated. Our expectations have not been met. We have been hurt. For some people, it's safer to show anger than to merely acknowledge the fact you hurt me. Now, understand this. Anger is a God-given emotion. It can be a motivation to resolve conflict. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Anger is a God-given emotion that we experience. It just depends on how we respond to anger. We can choose to lash out and blow our top, or we can become angry, and we can say, Okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Let me go pray and begin to pray, Lord, I feel angry, I'm upset. What's, wh why, why are we having this? Help me to calm down and be able to resolve the issue that made me upset. At the same time, anger can be a very dangerous weapon. I mean, think about Cain. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire for you is for you, and, but you must master it. Anger must be controlled. Uncontrolled anger results in bitterness, depression, conflict with God, violence, and even murder. Unresolved conflict can multiply the intensity of future conflict. And unresolved conflict leads to isolation. It's one brick at a time that's built. Conflict, put a brick. Conflict, another conflict, put a brick. Until there's a whole wall between you and your spouse. Resolve the conflict. Conflict doesn't mean something's wrong. Conflict means you need to communicate about what's happening. Many, many times it is a misunderstanding. Uh, something that was said that hurt. Something that was done that was hurt. And most of the time it was completely unintentional. Resolving conflict requires loving confrontation. Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Speak the truth in love. 
so we speak the truth, but we do it with a loving heart. We don't do it with an angry heart. That's why that piece of prayer between what happened, the anger, and your conflict of them needs to take place. In between the anger and the confront confrontation needs to be prayer. Ephesians 4.29 Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is as, as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. We have to approach confrontation very carefully. Galatians 6.1 tells us that. Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness or spirit of meekness, each one looking to yourself lest you also be tempted. Let's look at four different things we have to think about when we approach confrontation. Check your motivation. Why are you confronting them? What's the purpose for it? If your motive is wrong, the results will be wrong. Check your attitude. What, what is your attitude? It's pretty easy. Begin to look at your attitude in light of God's word. God bless you, Brother Doug. Thank you for listening in. Um, check the circumstances about your confrontation. The timing, the setting, what other pressures are going on. Don't just willy-nilly choose a time. Choose the right time. Choose the right setting. Choose the right uh, circumstances. Four, check to see if you're willing to accept confrontation as well as give it. And when you're confronting, deal with one issue. Don't bring up 55 issues at once to overwhelm the person. Focus on one issue, not many issues. Focus on the problem of what happened, not on the person. Don't make it an attack on the person. Make it an approach to the very problem that you're dealing with. When you're confronting, deal with specific things, not generalizations, not generalities. Speak specifically, on this day you said this, and this is how it made me feel. Um, don't, don't make it as, you always do dot, 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 dot. Maybe they do always do that. But still, in focusing on resolving conflict, you deal with one. On, do you remember, on this day, you said this to me, it specifically made me feel this way, and I wanted to clarify what was being said. Focus on expressing your feelings. It made me feel this way, instead of judgment of character. You always... Um, you always assume the worst about me. You're always attacking me. Why do you do this? No, don't make it that way. Uh, the other day, when we were in the kitchen, 
you said this, you said this specific thing, it made me feel hurt. It made me feel like you don't trust me. It made me feel like you don't respect me, etc. Be specific. Use I statements, not you statements. Just like I, just like I was saying a moment ago, I felt this way, not you always do this, you're doing this. Focus on observing facts, not on judging the motive. Focus on mutual understanding, not who's winning or losing. The purpose in a confrontation is not winning. The purpose in a confrontation is to bring forth a mutual understanding of whatever event took place that caused frustration. Approach the conversation with prayer. Before you discuss the issue with your spouse, ask them, ask them to pray with you for a moment. And finish the confrontation with prayer. Agree on the way you will discuss resolving conflicts. Talk about what we've covered here in this. Talk about how you recovered it and talk about this is how I think we should resolve conflicts moving forward. Um, resolving conflict requires forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32 The Bible teaches that all Christians are responsible to God to seek and grant forgiveness. The offender needs to seek forgiveness. Not be told to ask for forgiveness, but to seek after forgiveness. Seeking, in seeking forgiveness, be willing to admit, I'm wrong. The way I responded was wrong. I shouldn't have done dot, dot, dot. Please forgive me. Be willing to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this certain thing, and then I caused you to, caused you to feel angry or hurt. Be willing to repent. I know I've hurt you deeply and I don't want to hurt you this way again. And be willing to specifically ask for, don't just say, I am sorry. That's not the same as asking for forgiveness. Will you forgive me for doing this? Be specific. Will you forgive me for what? I no idea. Will you forgive me for doing dot, dot, dot? Matthew 5, 23, verse 20 and, and 24. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar, and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. The offended needs to seek forgiveness. Now, granting forgiveness is not a repression or pretending that something that did not happen or that it did not hurt you. Granting forgiveness is not conditional. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. That's Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Forgetting. 
Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting that it happened. Uh, forgiveness is not impossible. I can't forgive you really means I'm not ready to forgive you. Or I won't forgive you. Um, we need to forgive. And we need to have the heart to forgive. Forgiveness is also not an automatic cure for the hurt. Hurt can still go on and it takes time to heal. But granting forgiveness is separate and distinct from that. Granting forgiveness is obedience to a command. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against another, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Forgiveness, granting forgiveness is an attitude of letting go of resentment and my right to get even. Granting forgiveness is an action that must be expressed by word and deed. Granting forgiveness is a choice to set your spouse free from a debt or an offense that has occurred against you. Granting forgiveness is the beginning of the healing process that leads to oneness. Let's look at some examples to understand granting forgiveness. Do it privately first. God, I forgive so-and-so for hurting me. Do it specifically. I forgive you for doing this thing specifically. Do it generously. Let's settle this issue and get on with building our relationship. Do it graciously. I know I've done things myself to hurt you, to offend you. The process of reconciliation. Uh, Brother Herb Garcia, God bless you. Thank you for listening in. God indeed is good. The process of reconciliation. Forgiveness begins the process by which trust can be rebuilt. The offending partner must take the initiative in rebuilding trust. The offended partner must um, resist the natural tendency to rehearse and relive and rehash the hurt and discuss between yourselves specific solutions to the problem. What, what do we do about the hurt we still feel? What do we change so that this situation does not occur again? What do we do if we still disagree? Seeking and granting forgiveness in this way restores oneness. Now let's look at the seven A's of forgiveness. Address everyone involved. Avoid if, but, and maybe. Don't make excuses for it. Don't make excuses. Admit specifically both attitudes and actions. Apologize. Express sorrow for the way you affected someone. Accept the consequences of what you've done. Alter your behavior. Commit to changing harmful habits. Ask for forgiveness. Just to summarize what we've talked about in closing, unresolved conflict leads to isolation. Will you choose to handle conflict constructively?
Remember, God's power is available to you when you're willing to seek and grant forgiveness. You just have to ask. Ask the Lord for help in this situation. Resolved conflict tears down walls and leads to oneness. One brick at a time. One choice at a time. One attitude. Proper attitude. One forgiveness. One etc., etc., at a time. Each of these choices, right choices, either leads to building a wall or tearing down a wall. Let's resolve our conflict and tear down walls. Take time. If there's conflict in your marriage, go back and listen to this, take notes, and work to resolve the conflict that you have with your spouse. It, it might be difficult. It might be one of the most difficult things that you do. But it's necessary to do. And it needs to be done. By God's grace, you can do it. Just remind everybody, please share this video. Please like it. Please comment. We certainly appreciate that. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Click the little bell so you get our notifications. Please like it. Please comment. Um, that helps spread the word about what we're doing. And again, we have resources and materials at jasondemars.com that you can get. Outreach material like tracks, a book, uh, introducing the message, and uh, of course the 600-page uh, reference guide to the end time message. And again, questions, prayer requests, testimonies, please let me know. May the Lord richly Bless you.